It's the doc and the deacon, stethoscope and hope, talking everything from poop to the pope. One believing in spiritual miracles, the other believes in movement bowels that are irritable. Two dads, more like two brothers, and they breaking bread like the Last Supper. This show won't get negative feedback, that be like the deacon prescribing a Z-Pack. So don't get it twisted like a Philly pretzel, Foles already told y'all that Philly special. Take notes from the knowledge they're teaching, pay attention, it's the doc and the deacon speaking. Welcome to Dr. and Deacon, a podcast about two dads, one of us believing in the power of science and one believing in the power of Jesus, but both of us believe in the power of an ice cold beer. And Deacon, yo, it's been summertime, not as many podcasts coming out because we've done some traveling and I recently traveled down to Asheville, the Blue Ridge Mountains. Oh, that's like um, kind of in the South, but not really in the South, right? Oh, and it was a cool vibe down there. Yeah, so it wasn't it's very southern. And then, yeah, I didn't see much NASCAR at all. No NASCAR, no statue removal. I got to meet my new nephew, uh, Wesley. But one of the days, we're walking around, you know, exploring the town. And I go into a bookstore. Okay. Because I'm the doc. And I find this book How many says, books do you read a month? Eh, one to three. Okay. And it says, Hurt So Good. And it's about oh, pain. It hurts so good. Come on, baby, make it hurt so good. This woman, Lee Coward, C-O-W-A-R-T. I'm giving her a shout out here because this book was about masochism. And she was a masochist. And it's about the different ways. Is she now a recovering masochist? Or she's she's still a masochist? No, a lot of masochists believe in masochism and think that it can be done in an appropriate way. And so masochism is deliberate act of choosing to feel bad or to bring pain to oneself to make yourself feel better. Choosing to feel bad. Choosing to bring pain. Bring pain. It can be humiliation. Th- did you just read the definition for marriage or masochism? <laughs> <laughs> the tricky part with masochism, the most important part is it has to be consensual. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and unlike Fifty Shades of Grey, where she is forced to sign a contract when she's been drinking. This is not what the masochistic world is about. Well, so it's interesting because, it, you know, in the, in the Christian world, often when you hear about masochism, it's in, it's refer, it's in reference to discipline of children, mm. right? It's in reference to, so there is not a partnership right there, right? Because the child is not choosing. The child is is in a submissive position. And I think it often can be confused with... Uh, there is a need for discipline. There is not necessarily a need. There's a verse in the Bible that often uh, gets taken out of context. You know, uh, uh, spare the child, or, or um, yeah, it'd be it would help if I knew it. Um, do not spare the rod, right? If you spare the rod, you do not spare the child. So they want you to use discipline as a way to uh, to reinforce. Uh, concepts and and behaviors in children. And I think there's a way that discipline can be used, but oftentimes they talk about how uh, kids' children should be beaten or hit or stricken, you know. And um, I remember hearing stories of uh, Megan's dad used to talk about being in school and the nuns would come up and smack their hands with rulers and stuff like that. So, you know. 
So it's, it's different than what you're talking about. Yeah, this is about the decision to bring pain upon oneself to try to get endorphins released. Okay. There is something in different ways where we bring pain to ourselves. And what I enjoyed about the book is that obviously there's a focus in the world on masochism and the sexual aspect and connection there. And we're going to get to that. But all the other ways where you can bring pain into oneself... And the whole idea of the shared intimacy of pain and group pain and that it's all with pain about context. I realize how I frame things and how people react to pain definitely can be affected by where they're at in their lives. And so this woman in the book actually went through some different discussions on different ways that people bring themselves pain for pleasure. So number one, hot peppers, right? Capsation. Uh, the heat mimic that it brings and measuring things in Scoville units. And she went to an event where people were having a hot pepper eating contest. And they talk about afterwards the capsation cramps and hoping that afterwards eating the hottest of peppers that you vomit, you have to vomit, and then you get the diarrhea and you get the abdominal cramping. And so as much as you may enjoy a little bit of the peppers, these are so hot that the heat being bought in your body basically rejects and leads to diarrhea and everybody goes i love spice i want to have some of those capsation cramps and the whole idea is the um the scoville units are how much it takes to dilute the uh the spiciness and it was named after guy william scoville in 1921 and the hottest one right now considered is the carolina reaper and then she goes to a polar plunge well i mean the one chip challenge has become pretty popular right when it comes to um, this sort of masochism? It is. We actually have the chip here at our home. And I don't know if I'm going to do it anymore. I'm, I'm not sure if we're going to do it, but we keep discussing, hey, when is the time where we want to waste a day to do a hilarious yeah. TikTok of us feeling terrible? And the answer may be, I don't know. It depends on how many of you say we really should do it. Well, there was an event recently. I don't know if you read about that or saw it on the news in Philadelphia where a young man did the one chip challenge and, and actually died. Wow. Well, I think the one chip challenge we should put on hold forever. Yeah. Yes. Also, the polar plunge, right? The idea of going outside yeah. when it's freezing, getting in a bathing suit, and jumping into the water. You know, Matt, my oldest daughter um, does a lot of training for field hockey. And... Recently, she's been working with this, so they hire this uh, ex-NFL running back who puts them through all kinds of rigors for, uh, for conditioning and strength, speed, and agility. And she came home the one night and said, Dad, I need four bags of ice because I need to take an ice bath because I need to you know, uh, create this process in my body and stop the muscles and stop the pain. And he tells me an ice bath is the best way to do it. So for about a week... Um, every couple of days, she took an ice bath after one of these intense yeah. practices. Yeah. I, mean, I did this polar plunge where I dove all the way under in a bathing suit that was too small for my body. Was it a budgie smuggler? Yes. Yeah. But it was with a group of people. It was a fun event. I may have had a Bloody Mary before it started to warm me up. But there are these events where <laughs> we bring pain to ourselves. Yeah. Another one, ultra runners, these marathoners who run 100 miles. And during oh. this book, they have this competition where you have to run six miles in one hour, and then yeah. you can rest. 
And the winner is the one still going, but you have to finish that six miles in one hour. And it made it two and a half days in. Oh, so you have to finish six miles in an hour, then you can rest, but the next hour has to keep going. You have to run six miles the next hour. Without stopping. So in perpetuity. Outside, yes. And it was led to people being very sick. Oh, I, I can imagine. You know, there is something when you're going through pain with others. I think of my intern year of residency where it was painful. 30 hour shifts, having to work long hours, kind of getting humiliated by older attendings. There was some level though that the pain wasn't as bad because it was this shared experience. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Masochism, the mortification of the body in pursuit of spiritual achievement. So there has been discussion that religion has used this with flogging and beating people forever in the name of, I don't know, Jesus? Well, so I think the idea of Christianity starts with suffering, right? That Jesus Christ suffered for our sins. You know, it starts way, 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 way back in the beginning, right? God put Adam into a deep sleep and he pulled this rib from him to create woman, right? I'm sure there was some pain involved in that. Um, and then you know, after everything happened in the Garden of Eden, he then said to the woman, and he said, listen, for, for this, because of your deceit and everything that you did, you're now, through childbirth, is going to require labor and pain. It's going to be intense. So it all started there, right? And then you had... So God is a masochist. Well, I hear people I don't know say, that God got consent. I hear people say that. I, in fact, that is a... No, you heard, me, you heard me say I've that. read people. I just, I just said it. Yeah, God is a masochist. But, you know, I think, um, you know, then, and then Jesus. Ooh, that may be the title for this episode. God is a masochist. Yeah. Oh, there you go. If God was one of us. But anyway, so then Jesus suffered for our sin. He was beaten and flogged and stabbed and put on this cross and, 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 and bled out and, crushed and died on the cross so that people's sins could be forgiven. So there was this sect in like the probably 1300s in Europe called the Flagellants, F-L-A-G-E-L-L-A-N-T-S. Yes. And you were talking about this and it got me to reading about it and it was crazy. I mean, they believed that their sins required. So in the Old Testament, before Jesus, there was always a sacrifice required to, for, as penance for the sin. Well, after Jesus, God said, hey, you, the only penance is to ask for forgiveness, to recognize your sin. And, um, and then the Catholics said, hey, well, we'll put a priest in there and then we'll put somebody else in front of the priest and you can go through four different levels. And then the rest of the Christian world was like, I'm just going to talk to God. But anyway, that's not a knock on Catholics. <laughs> Well, but the Da Vinci Code had flagellants. Yeah. The one guy was beating himself over and over again. It was a really creepy scene every time they looked at him beating himself and whipping himself. Well, they believe that it's the only way to, to pay for their sin. And it really took hold. And there were hundreds and hundreds of people in Europe that would beat themselves and in an effort to find penance, to find redemption. Pain as a pathway to submission as a pathway to catharsis. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know that self-pain has definitely been used by religion. Also, wearing this 
Silice, C-I-L-I-C-E, that's the shirt that is almost wool-like, that is sharp, that scratches and burns. There were lots of religious sects at times that wear these shirts, really, to create pain for God. Well, to deprive themselves of any uh, enjoyment because there's this idea that, you know, we were only made to serve God. Yeah. And while we were made to be in relationship and serve God, it's through sharing the joys that he provides in life to others. Um, so, so there is a lot of that stuff. It can be very um, adulterated. I think I am a masochistic doctor. And oh. I'll tell you why. Tell me why. I have a full slate of patients, and yet I got asked to take out multiple new patients today, and I said yes. Oh. Oftentimes, they will go, hey, can we double book you? It's Friday morning, the night after the first football game. And I said, yes, you can add an early patient. I will come in earlier than I would like to try to help patients. Yeah. And oftentimes. Well, that's the right answer. Making the extra call. Yeah. It's a tough answer because it's easy to lead to burnout. Which can then, you know, if you don't find any joy in life, it can easily make you feel like life is all pain. Oh, but then I can't keep up and people are frustrated and it just, I guess I'm bringing pain and humiliation upon myself. Yeah, you're kind of a masochist. Yeah, yeah, parenting is painful. Maybe the title of this episode should be Dr. Drum is a masochist. Well, I think that the interesting part comes to how does the term masochist even come from? Where does this come from? And there's actually a great story to that. All right, let's hear it. Leopold Sater Masoch. His last name is Sater, S-A-D-E-R, dash M-A-S-O-C-H. And he, he was born in Germany, lived in Austria at times. But he was a writer. And he wrote these tales of powerful, cruel women. Wasn't uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger born in Austria? I believe so, yeah. yeah. yeah Maybe most- you- you should say a bunch of this stuff in Arnold Schwarzenegger-like voice. <laughs> he wrote a book called Venus and Furs. <laughs> and so he writes this book, right? It's about lust and domination and being dog-whipped while wearing furs. He wore furs a lot. And about people putting out personal ads to try to find others. And that's actually at this time in the mid-1800s how How would you put out a personal ad? You had to write it? Yeah. And then, Looking for someone into new um, fantasies. Looking for someone willing and open. Would you just post it up on a, on a... You put it in the newspaper. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe you'd write I it on a sheet had, of paper and yeah. then hang it up. Yeah. And what we found out that this book he was writing was actually about his own life. Oh, so he was writing these stories, but based on things. And his wife was quoted as saying at one point, not a day goes by without me whipping my husband. And that seems pretty similar to most of our relationships. Yeah, well, you know, so be it. There was another author at this time who was writing a book on sexual misconduct and different disorders. And he called it Psychopathia Sexualis. And what he did is he, because he had read this book, named it Masochism. He named masochism after this guy, Leopold. And Leopold was still alive, and he was not too pleased. He was not too pleased because he knew forever that he was going to be referred to in this way that was often referred to as a kinky, painful sexual orientation that still 
oftentimes makes people uncomfortable. And I have delved into the FET swing. I have delved into this world recently so that I could explain. I can't imagine what your Google search history must look like. Oh, BDSM, bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, and sadism and masochism. Okay. I don't, I don't think I would have known what all of them stood for. Yeah, it's interesting because there's four letters. Right. But it actually stands for six different words and they all come together. Right. And so oftentimes this community yeah. will refer to kink or masochism because people have different ways they think about it. And so some of the questions is, is sexual masochism a disorder? Right. Or can it just be something that people are into? Why do certain people is there want pain B- during sex? Is there sex? a BDSM-5 for that? <laughs> there is a DSM-5. DSM. Yes, See, yes. that's confusing. And really the difference between being into BDSM or the kink community, because yeah. it will be referred to that way, and a disorder is if it's negatively affecting your life or if it's negatively affecting um, your mood. Okay. Did you ever watch the show Billions? I saw a few episodes of the first season, yeah. Yeah, I was an extra on, a, on one of those episodes, uh, I think in season two. Um, and anyway, uh, it was in a restaurant in New York. It was pretty cool. But there was, um, there was a time when, uh, when we were really learning about um, Paul Giamatti, and he and his wife uh, were into uh, the kink community. Yeah. And he was a high-powered attorney wanting to run for offices, and she was a high-powered, uh, you know, psychologist. And so it was it, they, they shared the experience, and then later on, um, as often what I, I see and hear and read in some of these things is that one person gets more into it than the other, and then it, that's when it becomes an issue, right? It's, it, can, it can be something that starts to take over your life. Well, like, you're absolutely right. You know, you see people with tattoos, right? And that's sort of a, a, a masochistic kind of, like, you know it's going to hurt, right? There's some pain involved. Um, at the end, you're getting this representation that, that you love. But I, there are people who do those things just for the pain. I agree. I agree. And why some people want pain with sex is not something I fully understand, but I think understanding that people are different, understanding this community is something that we're going to try to break down in some of the terminology. But I think really before we dive into it, you should experience some of this. So I have grabbed... I should uh, experience some of what? I brought a clamp down. For, for what? I am going to put this clamp. Okay. Uh, I think you should put this on your nipple. We can pretend. Ow! That hurts. All right, fine. I'll, you know what? I'll do it for TV. Even though it's not TV, this is radio. Okay, here we go. Are this you ready? Is, I don't have specific nipple clamps, Ugh. but this is what I use uh, for my chips. And he brought over some salsa, and so I brought the over salsa the... salsa was homemade, though. I brought over good. the clamp that right, I used on the chips. It's going to work. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. Ah! Okay, you should keep it on there for the entire... It the doesn't rest feel of the great. <laughs> I did have my nipples pierced once. When I was you 25. Get, do we think we can keep this on for the rest of the episode? The nipple clamp. If it falls off, it falls off. It ah, can't hurt that bad. Is it really but uncomfortable? it's probably going to hurt worse when it falls off. Is it uncomfortable? It's I, not comfortable. It's not comfortable. No, it's okay. coming off. So initially. And, I, and you know what I felt? I felt I, my breathing started to slow down. I tried to because I think there's ways you can deal with pain like through breathing. <laughs> I didn't I like that. I don't know why. 
watching you put on a nipple clamp was so entertaining to me. So in this community, there is a etiquette. And each community has a little bit of a different etiquette, oftentimes found through the internet. And in the beginning, there's a vetting process. So you don't just get invited to the first event and come ready to be ball gagged, dressed as a pony. But we'll get... Uh, What? Oh, we'll get into pony rides. But vetting is oftentimes the communities will have times for new members where you go to breakfast. Oh. you could be at the local diner and see people chatting. And it's to get to know people because... You know, anywhere with any type of people, you is there find like a symbol dangerous. that they do? Like, if I go into the diner, should I ask? Like, what should I do to find out if there's people meeting, being vetted to be part of a kink? I don't know. I don't know. But then you'll get invited to an event where you can watch. This is an episode where we really needed an expert, and you really can't necessarily interact that first time. Usually, that first time we we're actually at a kink event you're not going to be fully involved unless there's some connection through other people you know. Okay. So there so is a full a... vetting process. All right. Next, vanillas. We would be considered vanillas. So if your partner is not into the scene, does not want to be a submissive, does not want to be a dominant, then we would consider that partner a vanilla. So you can be in the scene. And I have listened to way too many people discuss their lives in the past week preparing for this and one woman says that if her partner comes because he's not always comfortable with it then she allows to have sexual things happen but if not she just enjoys the pain part and lots of these events are done without sexual relations you can have piercing you can have burning you can have humiliation there's a lot of hot oils used There is uh, pinching, there can be paddling, there can be electric shock. And there is one woman who described where she got piercings done on her upper and lower back and then used that to be hung in the air. And I'm going to- So she's hung in the air. So there's these, in the ceiling are some sort of chains with a hook dangling and they're, they're pierced into the holes on the upper and lower part of her back for her to be hanged, uh, suspended in the air. Yes, if you weren't ready for this episode, well, hello. Okay. So this is how she describes it. I could feel the skin adjusting and unfolding, the small paper-like sounds from my skin tearing at the entry points and the feeling the suction being created under my skin as it was being pulled. Once enough weight was on it, the blood flow was cut and the skin started to numb and I was left with a feeling of tension. I never knew how much I used the sensation of gravity as a means to orient myself. Whatever I had done in my life up until that point was always informed by the feeling of weight and now I had to give it up. That part doesn't hurt. It's just psychologically daunting, like I was giving up the only true thing I knew. Once I was up in the air, I felt the endorphins kick in, the tension from my back had moved to feeling like my chest was compressing. It was just both incredibly blissful and slightly unnerving. I feel unnerved. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was meant to be. Yeah. So, collars. Collars means we are connected. So, if Doc and the deacon went to an event together yeah, and we had a collar or a collar with a leash, that lets someone know that you can't just jump in to play with that person. Okay. Also, if you are at an event and someone has... So, if I had a collar, no leash, but I just had a collar on... Somebody would then have to ask and be like, hey, can I 
Like who who leases you? I believe that's how that would work. Okay. Consent oh, you, is I, very yes. important. I have not actually, I, I do not own a collar <laughs> for myself. And so some of the intricacies, but I've listened to hours of interviews from uh, people okay. so that I could explain this to the deacon. Um, so I, has any of this shown up on your Facebook feed? Or on your, like, <laughs> no, but I sure think it will soon. Pony play okay. is when you get in latex, really tight latex, and you put on these hoof type things on your hands and your feet <laughs> and you get a tail and you walk around the event and if you are a nice pony if you are a nice pony people will pet you if you are yeah. a bad pony people will jump on you <laughs> and they will ride you around the room and so some people love to be a pony all right yeah yeah that's pony play but what I think we've learned is that some people have different ways that they find enjoyment. And so it's time for a game. Is okay. the deacon ready for a game? Sure. I can't imagine a game that's going to be like what would be related to this. But I'm excited. I'm going to give you two options of things that you would possibly find fun. Okay. And then I'm going to have you tell me which one uh, you think is more fun than the other. Okay. Number one, would you like to be made to bark like a dog or be forced to crawl around the party? Uh, bark like a dog or crawl around the party. I'm going to go crawl. Okay. The deacon is crawling. Next, would you like to be paddled or put in restraints? Uh, paddled. I, I don't want to be restrained. I have a paddle. I don't actually want to be paddled. <laughs> Okay, last one in the game. So far, you're one for two. Okay. Would you like to be stuck with pins or electric shocks? Oh, you know, I even cringe a little bit when I'm like uh, preparing for the electric shock on like, uh, like a battery, like testing the battery with my tongue. So I think it'd have to be pins. Okay, so we're going to stick the deacon with pins. It is flu season, so I will stick him with one soon enough. That's right. Masochism, the deacon, do you have a safe word? <laughs> I've never thought of one. We almost need one during yeah. the episode yeah. for what I'm getting ready to, uh, you know, pinch your nipples. Yeah, how about, um, uh, uh, amen. Amen. Amen will be my safe word. Listen, um, you know, it's interesting because we talk about suffering. We talk about all this stuff. You talk about safe words. Paul writes in a letter to the Philippians and he's telling them about everything he's been through. And he's in jail. He's been stripped of his, uh, for preaching the gospel. He's been beaten. He's uh, had all kinds of long sufferings due to his belief that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that Faith through him will determine our salvation. And he writes a letter to the Philippians and he's telling them that uh, the purpose is worth the end result. And he says, I, I do this so that I may know him and the power of his res resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Because in the Bible, it says that we become new life. 
And I think that's what a lot of people are looking for. I think that's what the flagellants were looking for, that, that there's some sort of newness, there's some redeeming qualities from this pain, that there's a new experience that, you know, we know that through the pain of labor that we get new life. Um, and, and Christians believe that through our suffering uh, and, and faith in Jesus Christ, we are then born again. That's where the term born again came from. And then we have new life, uh, new beginnings because of the sufferings of Jesus. And so I'm sure for whatever reason, right, I can, I can certainly um, empathize as going through things that I no longer wanted to deal with or suffer through and finding a faith and a, and a basis for that, that really helped bring me new life. And so as crazy as it is, because because people think Christianity is pretty crazy, right? And and people often think... Almost that, as crazy as pony play. Almost as crazy as pony play. <laughs> but you know, I guess one of the things, do they ever, do they have like a song for these parties? Is it like... I can I can hear him going like, mm, whip it, whip it good. Oh, whip it good. Like, you know, yeah. I just hear him at a party doing that. Well, I, I hope today we learn to realize that people are different. And some people may want to get pinch pulled. And as long as there's consent and it's in a safe environment, then we should try to accept them. And also, I've learned today that I would like to flog the deacon. Well, don't judge a kink by its cover. (laughs) (laughs) Two things you can count on. The doc is in. And the deacon speaks. Uh, Check us out on Facebook, Instagram. uh, Twitter. Twitter. Oh, it's Twitter is X. TikTok. TikTok, yeah. Yeah, the doc's always putting great stuff out there on TikTok. And um, don't forget to, uh, to say thank you to our wives. Tucker Butler and Tucker Franchise. Butler. It's time. You know what I have to say about this episode? Amen. Amen. End it now. Amen. Peace. Excellent brain trust to market and brand this. That's set in stone like the Ten Commandments. This show won't be around for infinite years. I think we can all agree on ice cold beers. 100% authentic. You can't fake it. Often imitated, but never duplicated. So knowledgeable. Take a lot of facts in. Now I'm coming to close it like a Roldis Chapman.